Hello, everybody. Welcome to Health Chatter. Today's show is Life Lessons About Death, which is kind of a, the opposite of health, I guess, but it's it's part of the health conversation for sure. And Clarence and I have some great perspectives that we're going to be talking to you about today. So stay tuned for that. We've got a great crew that really drives us uh, in a creative way and professional way, research way. Maddie Levine-Wolf, Aaron Collins, Deandra Howard do our background research, along with uh, Sheridan Nygaard, who also uh, does our marketing for us. So thank you to all of you. Then, of course, we have Matthew Campbell. Without his technical expertise, we would be dead in the water. Okay, no pun intended for this show, but he's got great expertise and, and thank you to, to all you guys. You're the, the best team uh, that we could possibly have. Then, of course, the best of all is, is Clarence. Clarence and I are having a, a great time doing this together. Um, it's an opportunity that we've, we've taken advantage of that we've wanted to do uh, for a long time is just chat about health. And uh, we've been doing it now for about a year and a half. This will be close to our 60th show. So it's been, Clarence, it's been just a, a treat, a treat uh, working with you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so let's get going on today's show. Life lessons about death. But I, I wanted our audience to know that this is going to be a really different kind of conversation and dialogue. and I. There are some things that we're talking about. Death is a very serious issue, but some of the things that we say might seem a little bit irreverent, but it's not meant to be that way. It's just meant to be about our experiences with it. Yeah, and it's to get everybody thinking. And, you know, ironically, health is, you know, health and death go without a doubt together. Okay. So, um, and, you know, it's interesting too, as, um, as you get older and, and we as human beings live longer than we, we did certainly in, in the past, um, it takes on different, different angles and we'll get into yeah. that. All right. So, um, boy, how do we get started on this? All right. How about, what? all right. So here you go, Clarence, talk to me about about a life lesson that you learned perhaps at a younger age, because we both had issues at, at younger ages where we we had to address death. So let's hear your story. All right, my first story is this. We can't have life without death. And so it is a, it's part of the, the process or the, the circle of life. And so therefore we should not be surprised at it. I think, uh, the thing that I've learned, uh, one of the one of the things I've learned about death is that it comes at different stages at different uh, times for people, and uh, we sometimes are angry because we feel like people did not have the opportunity to fully live their lives. But who's to know? I mean, uh, I thought I never lived to be past sixteen. I mean, I honestly thought I would I would die before I was 16. And then I thought I would uh, uh, not live to be 21. But then one day I was uh, 
uh, 28 and I realized, oh, I'm getting old. And all of a sudden it's like, I realized that, you know, I'm living and I could die. And so it's been a, quite, a, quite a journey for me in terms of uh, accepting the fact that you live, you die. You know, it's interesting. Um, for many years, I, I worked with um, youth in um, a psychiatric setting, actually. And I remember having discussions with, with kids who were uh, suicidal. Mm -hmm. And uh, which was, you know, was quite sad. And, you know, I remember walking away from the hospital once and thinking to myself, wow, a lot of these kids, especially, you know, teenagers have the illusion of immortality. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's not going to happen to me. Uh, you know, I've got many, many years in front of me, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But yet I remember talking to some of these kids who um, faced death, they saw death, somebody dear to them passed away. And then all of a sudden that so-called illusion of immortality that these younger people had was compromised. Um, and it was a wake up call for, for, mm -hmm. for many of them. Mm -hmm. So um, let me tell you a couple things. And, you know, Clarence and I kind of share a little bit of this together. Um, I have made a distinction as I've gotten older between a death that is sad and a death that is um, tragic. Um, and let me give you a, an, an illustration. My, my father passed away when I was 24 years old, okay? And, um, and to me, that was, um, it was devastating. It was it was sad and tragic, okay? And I remember sitting in the hearse going to the uh, to the cemetery. I was sitting next to my uncle, and he put his arms around me and he said, "Stan, you will have a hole in your heart for the rest of your life." but you will learn how to cope with it. And those words of wisdoms have stuck with me for a long, well, forever, okay? Another thing that I learned, and then Clarence, I, I know you have you know, good mm. stories on this too, mm. was um, what people say to you. Mm -hmm. I believe that people, friends, colleagues, family, whatever, when you have lost somebody, they feel compelled to say something like, I'm sorry for your loss. Whether that's said right to you in person or even through uh, vehicles that we have now, um, social media, or what have you, sorry for your loss. And I'll be honest with you, for me, that that statement, I understand the intent. Don't get, don't get me wrong. I understand mm -hmm. the intent. But for me, the statement became almost vacuous, mm -hmm. where it it kind of lost its um its sense of meaning. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> On the other hand, on the other hand, I remember distinctly 
a very, very dear friend of my father's <clears throat> when my father passed away and he came to visit us at our house. And there were a lot of people in our home at that time. And in, in Judaism, you do this thing called Shiva, which I can talk about later. But um, he came into the house and all this verbal banter was going on in, in our home. Mm -hmm. And he came in and I, I knew this man very, very closely. And all he did was put his hand on my shoulder. Mm -hmm. He did not say a word, mm -hmm. but let me tell you, I can still, to this day, mm -hmm. feel his hand on my shoulder. Nothing mm -hmm. was said verbally, but mm -hmm. that, that to me stuck with me more than anything. Clarence, what, so things that you've gone through. Yeah. So, Sam, I think this is why our conversation started, because we started talking about some cultural things. You know, you talked about Shiva and right. uh, I talked I talked about, you know, in, in my in my uh, uh, my culture, my faith, uh, people come in and everybody is very religious. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they, they'll come in like if uh, they'll say if a, a, if a young child died, they'll say, well, something like, well, you know, God needed another angel. I'm like, what? You know. Or, or they might they might say something like, "Oh, I, I really understand how you feel." What you don't understand how I feel? Uh, uh, you know, uh, you need to be strong now. I mean, the people come in with this whole idea about when it comes to death, people come in and they want to be supported. But sometimes we say some of the silliest things, and I think that was why how how we got into this conversation again is because. Of some of our experiences, I you know in in you know, sometimes in my um, in my experiences, I'll put it like that. In my experiences, I've seen people that did not necessarily particularly care for the person inside the casket, but they want to put on a show at the funeral to talk about how much they miss them. You know, I mean, and it's like I I don't know. I I think when it comes to death, people have different perspectives about it. And they sometimes do things that are not helpful, even though they try to be helpful. And so I think this kind of conversation of, of talking about death is so very, very important because you have to, I believe that you have to have a some kind of settlement, uh, settled settledness in it uh, for yourself. Um, I know that in my, in my, uh, I'll tell you my story, uh, in my personal life, I have been very clear with my family that when I die, I want to be planted as a tree. And they are like, what are you talking about? Are you crazy? No, I want to be a tree. I'll be an oak tree. I, I really don't like squirrels, but I'll, I'll, I'll be an oak tree <laughs> or I'll be a pecan tree. I'll be something. But I think that, you know, I've come to that place where I've had uh, the time to get that resolved. I know that uh, in life, the only thing that's certain, taxes and death. Right. You know, right. So, so I mean, so having this kind of conversation with you was 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 helpful for me in terms yeah. of really kind of sorting through some things. Sheridan, do you have a you have a comment? Yeah, I wanted to circle back to uh what Clarence was saying earlier about how a lot of people kind of think that they're immortal and don't have plans necessarily for dying, but it sounds like Clarence does have a uh, some sort of a plan. 
And I think it's important for everybody, even I'm only 24, but I have a plan for when I die, because like we've been talking about, it's one of the only certainties in life. Um, and not having a plan only further burdens the people that you leave behind. Um, so just having a plan, like what you want, like your final arrangements is a really important thing. Having a will, um, a living trust, having beneficiaries, having a plan, even though it's not easy to think about, is so important for both making sure your wishes are granted, but easing the pain on the people that are left with this burden. You know, oh, and that's a, that's a theme that um, Dr. Barry Baines talked about when we had him on our show um, previously on um, living wills, basically, is what mm -hmm. that's about. So, um, you know, to your point, you know, Sheridan, there, there's, um, yes, there's a will. There's, um, in other words, what you really want. And by the way, wills are something that can change over the over the course of of your life another is power of attorney in other words you don't want to leave you know it's like if, when you die you don't want to leave a headache with every with with everything and then there's a healthcare um directive and i have a, a little funny story to tell about that my so my son is an attorney and um my daughter is a um a quality improvement engineer in the healthcare arena. So when when Janet and I were were putting together all the this stuff, you know, if if we're both gone, so I we I, we talked to my daughter Anna. And we said, Anna, all right, what do you you know you want to be power of attorney or what do you want to be? And so she, <laughs> kiddingly, she says, What the hell do I know about the legal stuff? Abram's the attorney. Let him take care of all that. He can't stand the sight of blood. I'll take care of the healthcare side of the equation. Mm. So that was that was easy, you know. But for our listening audience, it's something that you really should um, look at carefully and and do. Um, and you know, it's it's kind of I guess it's uncomfortable because you know you're thinking about these things. On the other hand, if you think about it in the positive way of not leaving a headache behind um when when you pass away is is really a gift more than anything you know what Sam? i think that that you know you talk about the uncomfortableness of it you know uh i think uh in the shared in her in her uh our research she talked about the fact that we have somewhat segregated uh death from ourselves in a, in a certain kind of way is that you know, when I was uh, younger, I, I, you know, and you and I are both seasoned. So, you know, death was, you know, sometimes people had had uh, people in their home that people, they died in their home. But now people are dying in, um, you know, in, in hospitals. Uh, people are dying on their own. I mean, they're, you know, what, I don't know, uh, euthanasia, I guess, is a, it, it might, it might be another word for it right now. I mean, everything is so politically charged. But, uh, you know, so we got all these kind of things. Uh, we uh, people don't like to talk about it because, as you just said, everybody feel like they're gonna be immortal, you know. And that's you know, you know, you know, you see. Okay, I'm gonna say this. Okay, so so you might not like me after I say this, but you see people who are very very seasoned trying to look like they're very very uh, generation Z. Is that Z? Is that the last one? Z? I mean, like, come on, come on, you old. I mean, or we're old. So let's, let's. I mean, let's keep it real. But I also think this is that the language that we use. Uh, uh, you know. No, I, I'm talking to people right now, and all they talk about is people transitioning. You know, they don't want to say death. 
They don't want to talk about that. They want to talk about, oh, they transitioned. I'm like, okay, where did they transition to? Right. You know, right. but they won't say that. And yeah, so I'm right. like, and, and so I, 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 in my personality and style, and I think I have, I have to be very honest about this. In my personality and style, I, I always tell people this, everybody grieves differently. So you can't, you know, you know, a lot of times people think that we all, when, when somebody dies, we all go fall out and we're going to be, you know, crying, you know, I don't do that. I just sit and I just, and I, I, I will cry, but that's how I do it. And so no one can come to me and say, well, you didn't love that person. No, that's just how I grieve. I think that mm -hmm. sometimes we don't give people permission to, to grieve in a way that's most appropriate for them without us having some judgmental thoughts about them. And so I think when it comes to death, uh, we need to have this conversation and people need to tell you, this is how I grieve. And so it ain't personal. I mean, I mean, it is personal. And so yeah. don't judge me because I don't grieve like you do. Correct. You know, I, so, you know, to your point, um, you know, Clarence, we, we discussed that everybody deals with death differently. It can be in thought. It can be in tears. It can be um, going for a walk. It can be just about anything. And I think what we all need to realize is just that. Everybody deals with it differently. I'll give you a for instance. When my father passed away, I remember picking um, my aunt up at the airport, his sister. Mm -hmm. And um, the minute she got in the car, she said to me, I need to see him. Mm -hmm. My father passed away, which really struck me as strange, mm -hmm. really strange. So I said, okay. And I drove her straight to the funeral home mm -hmm. where, where he was you know, lying in a casket. And, you know, she went in, she was in for about five minutes, came out and said directly to me, okay, now we can go. So that was her way of dealing with it. It was a sense of, of closure, I guess, mm -hmm. um, whatever, but nothing, nothing should be judged when when it when it comes to this stuff you know interesting enough though stan i mean since you talked about your, your father i'm gonna i'm gonna tell a story about my my mother's death and again mm -hmm. I, I i have always warned the, the listeners that i'm not being um disrespectful but my mother uh my mother had uh relatives that you know they she grew up with and when um when they came to the funeral it's almost like I don't know. I, I, I've read in, in Jewish culture, there are wailing women. Is that, is that true? There are people that wail. I don't know. Some cultures, they wail. Yeah, those are in the, in the yeah, ultra-religious okay. aspects. Okay. Yeah. okay, okay. Well, in my in my particular case, uh, this relative almost pulled my mother's casket over, you know, mm. grabbing on it and wailing. And I'm like, oh, this is crazy. But unfortunately, you know, but what was so funny was that some people said, oh, she really loved her. I'm like, uh, you know, 
So I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm saying all this stuff to just say that people do things differently and we need to talk about that. And, and I, I agree with you that we need to have this conversation and say, look, and this is what I told, this is what I told, okay, I'm telling you, I'm really telling you the story because that's what this is about. I told my wife, my family that when I die, I only want two people to speak at my, at my funeral. And after that, they can go out and have a party. Make me a tree, that's it. Because <laughs> my, life, my life would have been lived. You know what I'm saying? And if you if you're not nice to me while I'm alive, don't come to my funeral. So that's how I feel about it. So I'm sorry. Uh, I maybe I shouldn't be putting this out on on the internet, but that's how I feel about it. If you don't like yeah, me, leave me alone. Right, but, right. But I mean, but that's how. Out. Right, that's how you feel, and that's that's yeah. great. So the, okay, let's talk about um, chronic and acute. Okay. okay, so um, some people, many mm-hmm. people, have mm-hmm. chronic health conditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let pick one, um, cancer, just for argument's mm-hmm. sake here, okay? And they're dying from cancer, all right? Mm-hmm. And what happens, um, good, bad, or different, I, 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 I have no way of judging this, but good, bad, mm-hmm. or different, um, for the family, let's just talk about the family, Mm-hmm. For somebody who's dying with a chronic disease, there's a um, a readiness factor that plays out. Okay, mm-hmm. in other words, over the long period of time, whatever that period of time is, when this person is is dying, um, the family has a chance to um, accept it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, and when it happens. It's not, um, shall we say, unexpected, okay, mm-hmm. in that sense. Sure. All right, all right. Um, not that it's not sad, don't get me wrong. And uh, it's just that you have had more time to, quote, prepare. All right. Correct. Then there's the other side, a chronic, uh, excuse me, an acute condition where um, somebody dies, you know, suddenly, from uh, from a uh, heart attack and boom it's like you know for it's the shock that that comes with that okay however um you know there's there are pros and cons to both sides mm-hmm. okay somebody dies quickly done that's you know, mm-hmm. move on somebody who's who's had a chronic disease and it's lingering a long time has um, stressful aspects for the uh, for the family. So you know, I'm think, sure I'm sure you've you've witnessed that, Clarence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I think that's a great a great reason for us having this conversation is that you know death is certain. You know what I mean? And so uh, I I I I believe that sometimes people feel like life has been unfair to them if if somebody dies when they're 27. 28, you know, but I, I think that that is part of, of the price we pay for life. We just don't know when. And so we have to, to be prepared, you know, uh, for that. And, and that, that, and, and that preparation gets into a variety of different things of how people see death, how people see the afterlife, you know, I mean, all those kinds of things are things that are, are uh, important for people to discuss, you know, so, uh, I, but I, but I, but from this perspective, I, I just think that uh, 
for those of us who are alive is how do we support people during this period of time and how do we want to be supported during this period of time and so you know I, I you know like I said Stan I, you know what what gets me sometimes is that you know uh people think that they know how I feel you know people mm -hmm. people think that they 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 will say things like well it, it's just time to go you know people say some really really strange things and so right but 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 I think that it's important for us to talk about uh what could be said are things like, you know, I'm so sorry for your loss, you know, and, and as you just talked about, put a hand on the shoulder or, right. or just, just, just sit and be, be, be quiet and don't, don't have any opinion about this person other than the fact that you're there to support, support them. So, or sometimes a hug, just a exactly. simple hug yep. is, you know, something that is, is quite quite meaningful. Yeah. Let me let me tell you about something. I won't mention names. I went out with a with a very, very dear friend of mine mm -hmm. yesterday for lunch. And mm -hmm. um his his father um recently passed away. And you know I told him that we were going to be doing this show today. And mm -hmm. I said to him, I said, you know, it's interesting as I think about it, it's like I didn't know his father really well. I knew him, but not closely by any stretch of the imagination. Mm -hmm. So when we went to the um, the funeral, I didn't go for his father, who, who I might have mm -hmm. known. Okay, mm -hmm. I went for my friend. Right. I went for my friend, which is a different level of, mm -hmm. of um, support. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You you recognize the loss and you are there for mm -hmm. your friend, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's not mm -hmm. it's not as directly connected. So the, there's that type of dealing with with mm -hmm. death as well. I was uh yeah I was gonna say yeah I was gonna say I was uh, uh listening to a young man who was who was talking about actually talking about death this week and he was talking about he had. Uh, his fiance, um, somebody in, in his fiance's family died, and for two weeks, the whole family went over to his grandmother's, over her her grandmother's house, and they stayed there. You know, and he could not get that. Like, man, he said, you know, after two days, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, but there are some people that that's how they grieve, and so. When we, you know, in, in this in this world in which we live, which is much more diverse than what we have ever, what we've ever, you know, what we've all, always talked about in the last 20, 30, 40 years, we, we're going to run across people that are going to experience this, this particular topic and uh, and and uh, in different kinds of ways. And Absolutely. so we have we have to be we have to be open to the fact that uh people are going to be um uh, experiencing this and if we want to be supported we have to be flexible and that's how i feel about it i got i just got to be flexible i can't and i don't know how you do it but hey i'm here for you just right. like you did i'm right. there for my friend right right so some cultures um accept death a lot differently than we do here right okay right in some cultures, death is happy, true, absolute happiness. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just like, you know, and, and I'm not, frankly, I don't know 
what it is about our culture where we see it as um, incredibly sad, tragic, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Or on the other side of the equation, there's cultures that are happy as hell. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, they aren't happy to say goodbye, obviously, but 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 they're truly happy because they they, they look at these things as as reasons for celebrations of life. You know what, uh, Stan? I, let me let me say this. I, I think I, I think you bring up a good point. I, I think sometimes in, in our culture, and I'm this is my personal opinion. Yeah. I think sometimes in our culture we think that we can we can buy buy our way out of death. Okay. I mean, you know, that, and that, that I was I was kind of alluding to the, you know, the person who is, you know, more more seasoned, trying to act like they're younger, that kind of thing, and they think that 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 type of thing is going to uh, protect them. You know, as long as I as long as I stay young in my head, you know, I, I I'm okay. Yeah. And that's not reality. So we have in in our culture, we have this disassociation. Uh, from death, we don't want to talk about it. We, you know, people that are dying, we want to put them in a room, and we want them to stay over there because they, they, they you know, they, they messing up my vibe. They messing up my groove. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I, 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 so when we get to this point, uh, once again, why we're talking about it is that there's just so many emotions, and there's so many different ways of which to go about this that we think that we think of health chatter as health chatter, we need to just open up the conversation so that if somebody is thinking about it or not thinking about it, perhaps we could provide them with some uh, starting points. Yeah, that's what I thought. Absolutely, yeah. Sheridan. Well, I was just gonna say, Clarence, you're completely right. The medicalization of death and how much farther um, we've gone in just advancements in medicine, even in the last 100 years, uh, people are dying differently. People used to die a lot younger of um, illnesses that um, I think it was the average age of workers was like 24 was when they would die. Obviously, it's much, much later on now. So as that shifted, and people realize that medicine is keeping us alive longer, it's a lot easier to put it, put the thought of death out of our minds and somewhere in the abstract future, um, not as it being a finite point in all of our lives. Mm. Um, And also there's taboos on conversations about death. We don't use, like we've been talking Mm. about terms like, oh, they died. We say, oh, they passed on or they passed Mm -hmm. away. Um, We avoid, we use euphemisms and we avoid the the blunt truth of it, which is really doing us a disservice because people Mm. aren't being realistic. And then we also, Mm -hmm. like you said, segregate the the dying from the rest of society in homes, even like um, <clears throat> hospice care or nursing homes, even though a majority of people say they want to die in their own house with their loved ones around. So there's a disconnect between what people actually want when they die and what our society is doing. And I think that that's one of the big reasons people are afraid of death. It's because people aren't dying how they actually want to die. We're not talking mm-hmm. about it and we're pushing people away. It's right. just not it's just not a good combination right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, I got to tell you a good one. So this last weekend, we were with some friends down in uh, Wichita, Kansas, and we were we were sharing pictures, you know, from our lives together, you know, at weddings and all this kind of stuff. And um, our friend was pointing to particular individuals on, on these pictures. And to your point, Sheridan, she said, oh, he's dead. 
she's dead, he's dead, she's dead, that, that, you know, all these people are dead. Okay, she didn't say they passed away or they're, you know, but she, she was that, that, I guess that blunt, how we look at it, it just, she's dead, <laughs> okay. But you know what, Shane, I, I want to say that, I want to yeah. say this still saying, you brought this up before, you talked about, yeah, I think your uncle, mm -hmm. you know, said something, there, there'll be a hole in your heart that will never, Right, you know that that'll that always be end. there, and you right, learn how to right. cope with it. Right, yeah. and I, I think that that for a lot of folk, they don't really process that like you did. Hmm. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, you know, uh, hold on to that death. You know, 10, 15, 20 years in a in, in a way that I think is 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 somewhat unhealthy at times yeah okay yeah, yeah i mean i can't tell you how again i can't tell you how to grieve but i i think it's okay to not look at it as you know as a um necessarily as a disruptor but as a, a an opportunity to say i've been i i had the opportunity to enjoy this person for whatever period of time that there was i had a time to enjoy them they brought joy into my life i, I will miss them but you don't have to you don't have, you don't have to uh, agonize. I think, and I, I want to put it like that again. I'm just my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. You don't have to agonize and beat yourself up for right. 10, 15, 20 years over something that you had no control over. Right. And I think, or, or you can't do anything about now. Can't do a thing about. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So here's a couple of things I also want to bring up. Um, um, violent death mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. or suicide. Okay, mm -hmm. so um, um, my wife and I had a very very dear friend that um, that committed suicide. Mm -hmm. um, she she literally walked. Yeah, I mean she was depressed and she walked in front of a bus and got killed. Okay, mm -hmm. um, I remember when we were both at the synagogue, our synagogue was packed, you know, mm -hmm. because this was, um, it was deemed really, really tragic and, mm -hmm. and sad. And I remember, and my sense was that all these people were gathered around in the synagogue because they were trying to get their head around it. Give, mm -hmm. me, so, give me something that helps me make some sense of this that happened. Mm -hmm. And um, our, our rabbi was eloquent. He said that her, for her, her death was like the plague of darkness. Mm -hmm. It was so dark for her that when she put her hand in front of her face, mm -hmm. she could not see it. It was that dark mm -hmm. and you know what that did it for me you know that mm -hmm. that helped explain give me some reason or explanation for mm -hmm. it that i carried with me to this day you know when when mm -hmm. people get that um desperate mm -hmm. sometimes things are so dark for them mm -hmm. that they can't see the hand in front of their face so that's you know suicide Okay. Right. Then there's then there's violent death mm -hmm. where people get you know we've talked about this you know shot you know gun violence 
or um, in wars. You know, mm -hmm. think about people that have shot somebody in battle and and what they take away from from that whether it's the enemy it, it doesn't it doesn't matter you're still killing somebody okay mm -hmm. and um think of the of the um the sense of that they have in their head the ideas that they carry with them mm -hmm. probably for for um the rest of their lives so there's these these aspects as well so clarence have you have you been involved with or known of any kind of what i would call violent deaths or suicidal types? i i, I have and I, i've seen things where you know i've had a, a cousin that uh, drowned mm -hmm. um and uh you know it, it's it's really it's really a uh, it's a sad it's a sad, it's a sad time and i think that part of what happens, I mean, when you when you first started talking about the suicide piece, Sam, I thought about the fact that, you know, again, now we can talk about, you know, health in, right. this, in, in this conversation because there's some people that are uh, mentally unhealthy. Yeah. You know, and, and there are some people that are struggling with some things that they feel like they just cannot overcome. Some people have chronic diseases and they want to just, I want to end this. I mean, I'm just, I'm just that tired. And I think that when you get to a point where you feel hopeless and helpless. Yeah, or know, I'm ready. I'm ready to die. Yeah. Then you have to, you have to, uh, uh, people, people make decisions that, that we may not agree with, mm -hmm. you know, or we may not understand, but the reality is that whatever they do is final. You know I right. mean, it's, it's so, so the thing that I, I think about this conversation, I, and I go back to what uh, Sheridan was saying earlier was that, you know, you need to have some kind of plan in place. You need to be, you need to talk to your folk. I mean, the reality is that we don't want to talk about it and we don't have to have it as deep as what we're trying to do it here. But, you know, you need to be letting people know like, hey, this is, you know, this is, this might happen. I might get, I might be in a car accident. If that happens, you know, this is what I want you to do, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but but we're scared. I, I think we're just scared as, 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 since this is going to be primarily American, uh, uh, I think that we're, we're just scared to talk about this because we think that our materialism will keep us alive forever or that doctors will come up with a pill right. that's going to keep us alive or, you know, or, or, and I'm like, okay. I mean, I, I can't, I can't fight with you about how you think. I'm just saying though, uh, I don't think it's realistic, but that's my opinion. And I can say it like that. You know, years ago, when I first started in the field of, of public health, and my, my interest was around um, prevention, mm -hmm. um, to your point, Clarence, um, I remember discussing with a dear colleague of mine, Mike Bazerman, we sat in his home for, oh my God, it must have been four hours talking about this. And I, and I told him I was really interested in, in prevention and health promotion. And he said to me, Stan, the ultimate form of prevention is preventing death. Because basically what we're really trying to do by doing all this prevention stuff that you know we talk about in a variety of our shows is putting off death, right? Putting off sickness, mm -hmm. putting okay, but the all but the but to your point at the very beginning of the show, Clarence, was guess what? 
it's final. <laughs> We're all it's it's it's, yeah. it's it's a truism, no matter what, and for ever for everybody. You know, one thing I want to bring up too is link with another show that we did on pets. Uh, we had uh, Dr. Nicole Heinrich on, and you know, many of us have pets. You know, dogs, cats, whatever. And mm -hmm. you know, we we have to you know at, at some point um, put our put our our pets down because they're um, they're sick. Yeah. And let me tell you, I, I don't know I don't know about you guys, but you know, for me, putting putting you know a pet down is absolutely brutal. On the other hand, um, I've taken away from that um, when I've done it in, in, in the past, incredible lessons learned mm -hmm. from them. You know, these, mm -hmm. these dear pets that we all have and, and what they are saying to us non-verbally. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know what? Those are those are those are things that we all can can hold dear. Um, they're really incredible, incredible lessons. Yeah, you know, Stan. I, I tell you what, uh, I, I I heard that story before, and I think I'm I, I'm I'm revealing myself again. The only pet I don't cry over is squirrels. <laughs> I can't. I, I, okay, I'll I have, give you that. Okay, okay. I have no no sympathy, <laughs> no sympathy for squirrels. Okay. Yeah, but that, but they aren't your pet either. Well, no, well, no, they're not my pet. They just happen to be around my neighborhood. I'm yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But other than that, I mean, so I understand the dog and the cat, but that squirrel, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. no. Anyway, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's here's All the other right. thing I wanted to bring up is um, cemeteries. Okay, yeah. and burials. Um, you know, people choose to get buried or taken mm -hmm. care of in different ways. Sure. Um, you know, whether you're, um, you could be cremated and mm -hmm. some people feel that that's just the way it is. Some people do that because they feel it's more in, um, friendly for the environment. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, some people get, get buried in very, very fancy caskets. Okay, really fancy ones. I mean, you know, and their cars um, even. Some people get began get buried in their cars on their motorcycles. I, like, yeah, I mean, it's just like, uh, um, okay. And then there are others, um, like for instance, like my father was buried in a plain pine box. Okay, and and the idea behind that in in Judaism is uh, ret dust returns to the dust, okay? You know, and that's, that's mm -hmm. basically mm -hmm. it. Um, mm -hmm. nothing, nothing fancy, uh, you know. Mm -hmm. At that point in a person's life, death, is, um, you know, we're all the same. At that mm -hmm. point, you know, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't really, right. um, really matter. Yeah. Um, some people, worms, I, I, I want to tell you this, Sam. Worms don't discriminate. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Right. <clears throat> you know, the other thing is um, what people do after somebody dies. You know, like they mm -hmm. donate to a particular cause. Okay, mm -hmm. somebody died from cancer, so people donate to the cancer society or mm -hmm. um, the donor's choice. Okay, mm -hmm. you know. Um, whatever but that's a sense of 
I guess, a little bit of a sense of closure for people. Mm-hmm. Um, flowers is another is another thing um, that are that people deal with. Yeah, Sheridan. Just a note on donation and having plans uh, for that, if that is something you choose or you are interested in. I just went through this process as I lost my aunt this summer um, to fairly traumatic situation. She had a thyroid issue and she was in the hospital, in the ICU. She was doing very well after her surgery and then she was less monitored. Um, She ended up aspirating and then having a heart attack. They revived her, but she had no brain activity. So while she was technically alive. Um, She was deemed brain dead or in a permanent uh, vegetative state. These situations are something that most people never anticipate being in in their life. Um, And I found myself in this situation and we were presented with um, whether or not we wanted to donate her organs because she still had a perfectly fine um, Mm -hmm. set of organs. You can even donate uh, your skin or your Mm -hmm. your retinas Mm -hmm. uh, can go to several people. So you can give with the gift of your organs. um, You can give Mm -hmm. the gift of eyesight, of skin Mm -hmm. to children who have uh, issues with their skin. Like there are so many different ways that you can donate. And this is something that you should discuss with your family and indicate either on your driver's license or in uh, paperwork that you have prepared ahead of time. But even if you think this will not happen to you, it is a possibility. It happens more often than you would think. And it is something to be prepared for. It is very, very tragic in that situation. There's no good way to go about it. Um, But it is something to keep in mind that not all death is just dying. Uh, Death can look like brain death. Death can look like a lot of things. Um, So just be prepared for pretty much anything because we never know. I you know, that's that's that. a that's a subject yeah. that we could have as a show is on organ yeah. donation. Yeah. Well, actually, 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 you know, Human works with Life Source, which is an organ. There you go. Yeah. 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 That's exactly that, that's... who we used was Life Source, yeah. and they were yeah. fantastic. They were a fabulous company to work with. They made me and my family very very comfortable. Right. They gave us a little heartbeat in a bottle, um, yeah. which was really really sweet. Like they just really handled it with grace. And without them, I don't think we would have been able to handle the process. Yeah. And interesting enough, I want to just say this. I know this is turning into a, uh, a, an advertisement for LifeSource. LifeSource has been one of our oldest and best partners for human. So we have been with them for two centuries. We were in the 20th century with them, the 21st century with them. I mean, so we've worked with them for a long time. And so you're absolutely correct. In death, I mean, one of the ways that we can continue to leave a legacy is to think about about organ and tissue donation. So Life Source is gonna love this, love this, uh, this, uh, this particular show. I know that for sure. <laughs> and we'll get them. We'll get somebody on the show. Yeah. That's a great. Thank you for bringing that up. That's a great, great angle. Span. One thing that you, one thing you alluded to, Sheridan, that I want to mm-hmm. make sure that we cover is, and certainly what I found, maybe Clarence, you have too, is that when somebody passes away um, in your family, let's just say, I found. A lesson that I I learned is this, is that there appears to be always somebody that takes the bull by the horn and deals with all the details. Okay, while everybody Mm -hmm. is kind of mourning or crying or being upset, there's always somebody that has to tend to the details. Details. And and I remember doing, I was that for for my father. And then it was about, two weeks later that I just lost it. Right. Okay. So 
those kinds of things happen. Yeah, Clarence, go ahead. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with that, Sam. I think so. So we have to be attentive to those who are struggling with us and and understand what their needs are. I do want to say this though. I mean, we've been talking about death. Uh, I, I want to say this as, as to the living. Uh, don't work yourself too hard because once you uh, finish, somebody else will take your job. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so the, you know, in, in terms of death, I mean, we also want to enjoy life. Uh, Absolutely. But, but we also know that we will have this opportunity. So, yeah. You know, don't, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things to, um, to be happy yeah. um, about in all the, all the things we do. And, and maybe one of the lessons from a show like this is that, you know, it's okay to, to sit back, smell the roses and, exactly. and appreciate them while you can. Um, because once, once you're gone, that's the end of it. Yeah. That's the end. And, of it. and appreciate people. I mean, I think the other part too, about, 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 you know, this thing around death. I mean, there's so many people when when death comes, they are grieving over the lost opportunities of, of having resolved issues. I mean, some of the yeah. issues that we have in life are so trivial and so simple. Like, well, I like blue. Well, I like red, you know? I mean, yeah, right, and exactly. we, we let those things separate us from, from enjoying one another uniqueness because all of us are different. You know, all of us have a unique personality and style, but just because I don't like what you like the way, exactly the way that you like it, doesn't mean that I should make, you know, 20 or 30 years of drama because when that person dies, you're going to go back, you're going to look back and you're going to examine yourself and you're going to say like, I, I could have done this better. So my point is, you know, for the living right now is, uh, you know, Living. give me my flowers. Give, yeah, give me my flowers now. Exactly. Know? And if you don't like me, stay away. And don't, <laughs> don't come to my funeral either. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, Clarence, for, for um, the years that we've, we've known each other yeah um i i it, i don't know how many shows it would be for me to just list out all the different things that that um that i've learned from you okay as, as a dear and as a dear colleague and and friend that you've you've brought so many different um perspectives to the to the conversation and and I, I I I don't know how to say how much I appreciate that. I really really I do. Well, last comments, Clarence. I, yeah, I, my last comment is thank you very much, listeners, for listening to us. I know that I have been uh, venting, and I've been I don't know what I've been doing. I don't know, I don't know what, you, what you call this kind of show because I, I knew that it was going to be different. But yeah. uh, and I hope I hope you don't think bad about me because of the way I think. But I but what I told you is all real. I just believe that um, death is inevitable, um, but it's also important for us to learn how to live. Absolutely. Take advantage of it when you can. Sheridan, thoughts? My last little thought, I think that I've I've learned a lot from death. I've been around death a lot in my life, unfortunately. Um, and it's, it's something that I've really had to dwell on <laughs> for the good or, or bad. But some of the good things that I think I've started to see is take an inventory of your life. After someone dies, you usually have this moment of reflection. Take an inventory of your own life. Think about how you're spending your time. 
who you're spending your time with. Are you working yourself to the bone? Are you not seeing your family, your loved ones enough? Are you not taking your dog on enough walks? Think about what you really, really want. And if you don't like the answer, you need to change it now. You cannot wait until you have more time or more resources or whatever it is. You need to start the process now. It's a slow process, but you will find your life to be much more rewarding if you continue to take inventory on things like this and be really when you come to the time where you know death is coming sooner probably than later you want to be happy with the decisions that you have made in your life and you don't want to have any loose ends so now is the time no matter how young or old or anything in between you are now is always the time to start thinking about that you know with given that this show is called health chatter that is an ending note on how to be healthier in in the lives that that we all have so i want to i want to really thank all the the ideas that that have come out today it's it's um it was really a good show and and i hope our listening audience appreciate it and for our listening audience we've got great shows coming up. Uh, Clarence and I recently got together. We have a list of over 20 different topics that uh, we're going to be doing for our health chatter. So keep tuned in. Check out um, our website, not only the website for health chatter, but also human partnership, which I failed to mention at the front end of the show. That's our one of our uh, is our, our major sponsor for health chatter. So with that, be happy and keep health chatting away. Hi everyone, it's Matthew from Behind the Scenes, and I wanted to let everyone know that we have a new website up and running, healthchatterpodcast.com. You can go on there, you can interact with us, you can communicate with us, send us a message, you can comment on each episode, you can rate us, uh, and it's just another way for everyone to communicate with uh, Stan and Clarence and all of us at the Health Chatter team. So definitely check it out. Again, that's healthchatterpodcast.com.